It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 7.07 on a Saturday morning, 59 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves with Georgia Gardener, here to help you be more successful. Do whatever you want to do in your garden or landscape, if you have a problem or if you have a success story or if you just want to get better. It doesn't matter if you want to be synthetic, organic, or any way you want to garden. I have advice for you that's based on research and a little bit of experience tempered in there, too. My guest this morning, Abra Lee, is an experienced gardener here in Atlanta. She has been around the, as I say, around the patch. She has done a lot of things in Atlanta, including being the landscape Chief at, at Hartsfield, is that what the title was when you were at Hartsfield of Hebrew? Yes, it was landscape manager. That was about, I left there. I was there from 2007 through 2012. Right. So five years, yeah. So you graduated from Auburn with I a did. degree in horticulture. I sure did, yep. Grew Auburn, up, War Eagle, yep. Grew Probably up here in Atlanta. Tigers out there. I did. I grew up in southwest Atlanta. Yeah. So, yep. I'm a native. Native Atlantan. Mm-hmm. Here she is. And, you know, before we get, well, no, let's get Susan first. Susan. Uh, hey, Susan. Good morning. Welcome to Lawton Garden. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. Yay. Everybody in the whole <laughs> studio raises their hands in the air and says, Susan, it's on the air. We've been waiting so <laughs> desperately for you, Susan. But first, Susan, before we talk to you, I have a question for Abra, which is, how many ways have you heard Lirio pronounced in your life? Wow. I've heard Lirio, Lirope, Lirope. Um, I'm trying to think. Several. Liriope. Liriope. That's another Liriope. one. Liriope. Yeah. Susan, oh, the French way, yes. <laughs> do you have one, Susan, that you have pronounced it some different way? I, I just like Liriope. Monkey grass, of course, the other yeah. common name for it, Liriope. So, Susan, you have some Liriope or something that you don't want anymore. You want to get rid of it. Why? <laughs> Well, it's along a walkway um, from the driveway to my house, and I had a landscape um, plan designed, and and they recommended taking it out. And the thing is, that you, it, even though I I put in a barrier in the ground, mm-hmm. it still is jumping it yeah. underneath, and and you know, it's, so it keeps coming up in the grass, and I just it's it's time to. Go bye bye. <laughs> how long is the strip along the driveway? How long are you going? How long is it? Um, I've got two. It's on both sides of the sidewalk, oh. and it's about oh gosh, probably um, twenty five or thirty feet long, mm-hmm. and it's about a foot wide. I mean, it's been there. I've had the house for fifteen years, and it was there when I moved into the house. And, um, uh, you know, so it's, it would be, you know, a lot of digging. Either yeah. way, it's going to be a lot of digging. But should I um, maybe round up at first or should I just start digging? Abra, what do you think? Um, so I believe in working smarter, not harder. So, yes, you were on the right path to digging. However, I would really monitor the weather. And what I mean by that, I would wait until I saw a rainstorm come by or the soil was a bit damp and then I- start lifting it out the ground because... You're going to be in a battle with that stuff because the roots are so oh, strong yeah. and so matted. And it just would be easier for you to not only wait until the soil's a bit damp, but also maybe to break it into to several weekends or several days. Don't try to do it all at once. It's a long-term project. And exactly. I, 
Um, and I could even maybe just water it down. Or yeah, to get it soft. You, you mentioned, so Susan, using, using Roundup first, and that's not a bad idea. Roundup is translocated. It goes from the leaves of the plant down into the roots. It won't kill Lyriop, I think, with one spray at all, and you're still going to have to dig it up. No matter oh, what, yeah. you're going to have to dig it up. Yeah. So you could not use Roundup, or you could use Roundup, but digging and digging in soft soil, like Abra says, I think it makes sense. So there's no magic bullet other than just sort of digging it up, getting it out of there, eventually. Oh, Claudia, yeah. well, you know, this is going to be a this is sort of my long-term <laughs> summer project. Well, thanks for calling, Susan. Thanks for being so uh, so dedicated and staying on the Air Force for so long, or staying online, I mean, for so long. Lindy, Lindy in Conyers, Georgia, has a question about uh, fertilizer. Lindy, good morning. Hello, this is Lottie. Lottie, L-Y-D-I-E. Hey, How Lottie. you doing? I'm doing fine. How can we help? I called you back last year. My son gave me uh, uh, Japanese maple. Okay. And I told you, been looking all straggly, so you told me how to trim it. And I wish you could see it. It's so pretty now oh, coming good. back. I'd hear it. But I want to know, what do I need to fertilize it with? How tall is it now, Lottie? It's about five feet now. Oh, it's a good size then. You've done well. What is it in the ground or in a pot or what have you done? It's in the ground. Okay. It doesn't need a lot of fertilizer, but the kind of fertilizer that I like for woody plants in your landscape, like azaleas and, and shrubbery and, for this matter, trees, Japanese maples. About an hour ago, I talked to a caller about his fertilizer, and I mentioned that one of the easiest things to use is something that has a first number somewhere around 10, 12, 16, something like that. And so if you go to a garden center and say, I want some 16.48 or I want some uh, 1266 or maybe even Lighty, use one of the, yeah, use one of the organic slow release fertilizers like Hollytone. Hollytone would be what you could use. And that would be so the Hollytone would be good for that. Absolutely. Okay. It is so pretty. My daughter thought I was going to kill it because after <laughs> I asked you what to do with it and I right. trimmed it. It was sick looking. Oh, good, but you. But it is so pretty now. It'll be great, and don't don't put a lot of fertilizer one time a year. And doing it now, I think, is probably a great idea, as it's just started to grow vigorously. Now is a good time to fertilize, but uh, you don't need to do it more than once. We don't want to force a lot of young, you know, sort of not very strong growth onto it. So one time a year, and if you skipped a year, it wouldn't hurt at all. All right, thank you so much, Lottie. It's great to talk to you. Thanks for calling. 404-872-0750 gets you in to take Lottie's place. Another question about fertilizer. Mabel in Atlanta joins us. Hey, Mabel, or is it Mabel? Either way. Mabel? Mabel yes, hi. I have this big bag of turf Scott fertilizer, and I was wondering, is it too late to put it out? Oh, no. What kind of grass do you have, Mabel? Just anything the neighbor has. That's when I <laughs> want to put it out of this <laughs> is it green? In my yard. Is it green now or brown now? It's brown. All right. If it's brown, that tells me something. It tells me it's not fescue because fescue grass is green now. So <laughs> if it's brown, that means it's probably either Bermuda grass or zoysia grass. And here's the rule of thumb. You fertilize the zoysia, the, 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 the summer annual, the summer, excuse me, the summer grasses like zoysia and Bermuda are start, fertilize, start fertilizing them when they're about 75 to 80% green. And you're grass probably isn't quite yet that green. It's probably got some green in it if you go look carefully at it, but still it's mostly brown. So maybe we'll go out there and wait a week or two, maybe warm weather, 80 degrees tomorrow. That's really going to jump the grass up. 
And when it seems to be around 70 to 80% green, that's when you put the fertilizer down. All right. Thank you so much. I'm not too late. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks for calling. Bye-bye. 90% green is great. The reason you wait until the grass is green is because when grass is brown, totally dormant and brown, it can't use the fertilizer. If you put the fertilizer out now when the grass is totally brown or just not quite even started getting green, then all the fertilizer you put down just evaporates or gets washed away in the rain or something like that. The grass itself has to be green in order to absorb fertilizer. Now, if you have a fescue lawn, what is it? It's green right now. And so it's April. This would be the last month to put the fertilizer out on fescue lawns because fescue, generally speaking, needs to be fertilized in the winter and fall, but not in the summer. So in the fescue, usually I go September, November, February, April would be a good schedule to follow on fescue. So if Mabel had fescue, yes, she could use it now, but only on, only on fescue because now it's green it can use it. By the way, tomorrow is Sunday, of course. It is the Sunday edition of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. You learn what is happening in the world, what is happening locally. Now that the legislature is out, we don't have to cover their shenanigans anymore. But all the news you need, plus hundreds of dollars, I think it's $138, $139 worth of coupons in tomorrow's Sunday Atlanta Journal-Constitution. It is credible. It is compelling. It is complete. The AJC, a place you can read. Man, I love Bill Bill. Uh, Torpy, I love uh, Bill Galloway, Greg Bluestein, Gracie Staples. They have done such a great job covering the legislature in this year. And, man, it's fun to read them on Sunday. I get my Sunday paper out, and I get my bowl of cereal, and I enjoy the paper every Sunday. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution, I have been subscribed to it for now 49, 48, 49 years. I've subscribed to the Atlanta Journal, or to the Atlanta Constitution. Before it was the Journal and Constitution, but I've subscribed to it for a long, long time. It is 717 at News Talk WSB. We'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade from Atlanta's Morning News on WSB. Our 24-hour news center delivers updates all weekend. Depend on it. We'll be here Monday morning, 430 till 9, for breaking news and traffic and weather every six minutes. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves. that Crimson and Clover played in honor of the question we had a few minutes ago about growing clover. Thank you, Jason. Quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Cloudy today, high of 72, 20% chance of rain tonight. Tonight, low, around 60 degrees, 50% chance of rain, maybe a thunderstorm here or there. Sunday, cloudy, but a high of 81 degrees with a 20% chance of rain. You're full, we can forecast Comes up in 20 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Bobby is out in Kennesaw. This must be the Japanese maple Saturday for all Atlanta because we've had three questions so far about Japanese maples. Bobby, what's your question? It's a a Japanese maple day, right? Must be that. What's What's going on, Bob? I planted the Japanese maple some years ago, and of course I planted it in the wrong place. Yeah. And now this thing is a monster. Hmm. It's it must be twelve foot wide and oh. maybe five five foot tall. I can and imagine. You know, you know, 
You know the question. I want to move it. Gorgeous, gorgeous tree. No idea. It's beautiful. I could send you a picture if I knew where to send it. Uh, How many many friends do you have, Bobby? You're going to need, you're going to need. I'm going to need a tractor, right? Half a dozen friends or a tractor, one or the other. Or you, I may, maybe I should ask, how many friends are you willing to lose, Bobby? That's more of the question. Yeah, I would lose a bunch with that. <laughs> I thought of that. Right, let, me, let me ask Abra Lee here, my guest. She is more in the sort of commercial horticultural range, although she is a All big right. gardener herself, too. But Abra is, A, late to be moving a tree. This is already leafed out, so this is not really the right time to do it anyway. If he were to do it right. in the fall, could Bobby move a Japanese maple this big? Would you, what would you say? You know what, Bobby, I, that's a Herculean effort. I, I'm i not saying, you, you always can, okay? There's always a pop, but as Walter said, you're going to need an army of people. Um, right. And what, so why do you want to move it? Just because it's so big? Well, it's it's next to my house, and it's it's encroaching there, and it's everything. It's just in the wrong place. Well, but so, I, I don't want to move it. I don't want to move it, but maybe six or eight feet. What's the possibility of pruning it, Bobby? If it was at one time small enough to fit there beside the house, why not prune it to make it smaller? How would I prune these? These, these limbs are, are massive. Well, I and, think I think the class is already. Pass, but I know that the Atlanta master expert on pruning Japanese maples mm-hmm. is a guy named Norm Mitleider, and he had a class. Mm-hmm. I think it's already passed, but it might not be at the Atlanta Botanical Garden, and you could attend that class and find out from Norm, the man, right. how to prune Japanese maples appropriately to make them smaller. And you know, if I were you, Bobby, that's where I would head my my okay. um, uh, uh, efforts is trying to prune it to make it smaller rather than trying to move it because I think Abra's right. It's Herculean A, and you're probably not going to be a successful oh, yeah. B. So why spend all that time and effort trying to move something when the chances of success are just not real high? Pruning, on the right. other hand, done with a little bit of thought, a little bit of sort of wandering around slowly, you know, prune a couple of limbs today, a couple of limbs tomorrow. There's no hurry about the whole thing. You can do it from now until middle of the summer if you want to. And just prune things a little here and a little there and see what shape you come up with and see if you have limbs that uh-huh. point in one direction. So you could prune a little bit here and a little bit there to make it balanced. That, I think, is the way you ought to think about it, Bobby. But you ought to also call the Atlanta Botanical Garden and find out when and if they have their class on pruning Japanese maples and find out from okay. an expert how to do it. That sounds wonderful. All right. Thank you. Good luck with it, Bobby, and boy, All I right. do not think that moving that would... Whoa, how many friends would he like to lose? <laughs> All of them. All of them doing that? Man, that'd be a lot of work. Whoa, whoa. It's 727 at News Talk WSB. More Lawn and Garden, 404-872-0750. More Lawn and Garden, after news. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. 736 on a Saturday morning, still 59 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves with Georgia Gardener, here to help you be more successful. Whatever you want to do, you tell me, I'll get you there. 404-872-0750 is my number. 
We'll have James in a minute from Marietta talking about his grass and fescue. We'll talk about that for his graduation. That's why he wants the grass. Ooh, that's going to be quick. Peter in Island Ford wants to use Google Lens to tell me what's blooping. Well, that's an interesting question. But I want to ask my guest, Abra Lee, you went to Auburn, graduated from Auburn, but you did not go to Auburn in order to study to be a horticulturist. I did not, no. Mm-hmm. So what changed your course? So what changed my course is I was there for about two years, and I just kind of was going through the motion with my classes. And one day I was on the campus bus. And I saw these students outside. This was way before iPads. And they had clipboards. And they're under a tree taking notes. And some of them are sitting in grass. Beautiful, perfect fall day. And I was like, y'all getting a grade for this? What kind of class is this? <laughs> to be outside. And someone told me, they were like, oh, that's Ag Hill. That's the horticulture students. And I said, well, that's what I'm going to do. And I never looked back. I went to go uh, be a horticulture major. Yep. Were your parents interested in gardening? They were. So my mom grew up on a farm in Barnesville, Georgia. Yeah. So shout out to Lamar County. Lamar County, exactly. <laughs> and my dad, um, in the 80s, he was director of parks in Atlanta. So mm-hmm. I grew up in a neighborhood, literally one of those urban forests in Adams Park. Mm-hmm. And I got to travel this city with him, seeing all these beautiful parks and trees. So it was in me, but I didn't know that there was a word or a that you could grow up and do that as a career uh-huh. and be in horticulture or, or anything like that. You went back to the farm in, in Barnesville when you were a kid? All the time, like every weekend. So we're talking rural farm right. with the classic African-American garden design, the yard right. art in the front, the the working part in the back with the smokehouse. And I loved it. I loved it to death. So, I mean, it's just, it's in my heart. I think you were pointed towards horticulture before you went to Auburn. You just didn't know it. Right, right. Some... some some movement, some spiritual push said, Abra, you need to be working with be outside. <laughs> and now going to Longwood Gardens and all over the world, learning about horticulture and learning leadership and teaching. Oh, what a girl she's going to be. Thank Already you. Is. Jamie's in Marietta, Georgia, joins us on Lawn and Garden. Is it Jamie's or Jamie or did uh, Justice spell Jamie. Name? Jamie. Just to put yeah, an S on there, Jamie. So I wasn't quite sure why to pronounce your name. All right. So, Jamie, what's going on? What you need? All right, I got everybody's grass mixture from our neighborhood in, our, in my yard yep. and some nice weeds. And all I want to do is have just a green lawn for uh, my daughter's graduation. Ah. So I thought, I'd air, I thought I'd aerate and then overseed and fertilize, and I know it probably will go away through the summer. Yeah. Perfect. I mean, you're doing exactly what I would do, James, to do your best to— um, make a good aeration, meaning two, maybe three trips across the yard with the aerator machine. Do it after it rains so it's soft enough that the aerator ties can get down into the soil at least a couple of inches. Pull up lots of those plugs of uh, plugs of dirt that the aerators pull up as they do their job, and then put the seed out. Even though I would normally say only put four or five pounds per thousand square feet on the seed, I think because Jamie, you want it to be green and nice for graduation out there let's go a little higher than let's go seven or eight pounds per thousand square feet of uh seven eight, seed, seven, eight per thousand and uh watered appropriately but starter fertilizer wouldn't be a bad idea either yeah i think we have it done by graduation i really do fantastic can i ask you one other real quick what you got okay uh i'd love to get a little decorative japanese maple in a pot uh, in a watery area, do they handle a lot of water? Abra, mm, Abra Lee, so, Japanese yeah. maple in a pot. Uh, but so uh, it's gonna. So uh, the Japanese maple in a pot, 
is not a problem. You need to get the right size for that pot. Um, and I would keep the soil um, moist is what I would do for the Japanese maple there. But if it's in a wet area, he could, like, put it up on feet or put it up on a mound or something like that. Couldn't you do that, Jamie? Or, like, decorative, decorative blocks or yeah, something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 something like yeah. that. Because it's a wet area. I don't think the Japanese maple would be happy with the roots being wet all the time. That's not a good gotcha. Japanese You guys are the best. Listen to you as much as I can. Thank you, Jamie. We appreciate it. Thanks for calling. You have a great week. We'll see you soon. Peter, Island Ford, what is this with Google are you wanting to do, Peter? Well, I, I use Google. Hey, Walter. Hey, uh, hey. I use Google Lens to try to identify plants. Uh -huh. So I'm out here walking around, and it's come up with uh, this morning is Garnsey or Dernsey lily. Dernsey lily? Is, uh, I don't know what that is. Like I don't know. All right, keep going. So what do we want to do now? Hold on, a little out of breath from climbing this hill, but we're out here <laughs> at Hoochie Park, and the uh, so it, it only hits it, I think, about fifty percent of the time. Oh, so you're using the, the camera? You're using the camera on your phone to identify plants? Is what you're asking about? Right, right. And and, and the Google, uh, it's called Google Lens. It's uh, mm. it's on the app stores and yeah. stuff. And you just uh, take a picture of it, and then it pops up with a description and everything. But I think it's only right about 50% of the time. Is there something better? I have used plants, you know of? Plant Snap. P L A N T S N A P. Plant Snap. It has a free version and a, I think, $2.99 version, which is a little bit easier and faster and gets you more plants to, uh, that are identifiable. So, Plant Snap for me, Peter, has been sometimes 80 to 90% identifiable and what i would do the way i tested it honestly is i went over to mason mill park they have a a nice um, garden area there with individual gardens have plots at mason mill near my house and i would just wander around the flower plots and take pictures of the flowers and within i don't know 30 seconds they say this is a sunflower this is a tomato flower this is a carnation this is a I like Plant Snap a lot, and I think there's one more whose name does not come to me right now, but there's at least one more, but I've never used Google Lens to identify plants. Oh, yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of fun. You know, you, you, you see a tree all the time yeah, or yeah. You you know, your, your favorite tree, and you just go up to it and snap it and... Uh, or any old plant. So, okay, I appreciate that. If any of the callers, let me put this out, Peter, to other listeners. If any other listeners have mm -hmm. other applications on your phone, on your uh, iPhone or Android phone, that works pretty well to identify plants by taking pictures of them, I would love to know about it. As I say, I use Plant Snap. Uh, Peter's using Google Lens, but if there's another one that you know of that you think is good, let me know. You can call the show, of course, and uh, let me know or email me at my georgiagardener at yahoo.com. And I would love to know about that. Peter will get some resources and, and for you. And don't forget to support that. your national parks. And don't forget to support your national parks. If you're like me, uh, you're two over 60, get the national park uh, pass and you get into all the national parks for free. It's great. Peter, thanks for calling. Thank you very much. We'll see you soon. 7.43 on a Saturday morning. So Michael in Commerce joins us. Hey, Michael, good morning. Hi. Hey. How are you doing today? Doing fine, Michael. What's going fine, on with Michael. your rosebush? Um, I came home Saturday, um, and all of a sudden I just found it just laying on the ground. Um, I think it was just too heavy. Uh, the plant has been there 
for about 20 years and about eight foot tall. Mm. Um, Did you look underneath it to, to see what the root or what the lower stem looked like, Michael? I tried to look underneath it, um, climbing underneath the thorny bushes, interesting to say the least. <laughs> um, I didn't see any damage to the trunk yeah. of it, but uh, right now I've just got it tied to the porch. Well, the uh, reason the reason I asked Michael is because about a month and a half ago, a lady emailed me a picture of her camellia bush. She says something has laid over my camellia bush, and I love that phrase. Something has laid over my camellia bush. She sent a picture of the base of her camellia bush, and it was gnawed, very much damaged done to the base, done by a little creature, a meadow mouse called a vole, V-O-L-E, vole, and they love roses. And so, Michael, when you said that your rosebush fell over, immediately I thought to myself, I bet he has vole damage at the bottom of his rosebush, but then you don't much care to climb underneath and tell me whether that's right or not. But I'll, I'd be willing to give 50% odds that that's what you have, is a vole has chewed the bottom of your rosebush. Oh, all right. Um, is there any way I can... Yeah. Tree. Do this um, so you don't get stuck by the rose, Michael. Get a a long handle rake or a hoe or something like that, and reach underneath the rose and rake out the mulch underneath so you can look at things without having to crawl on your hands and knees and get stuck. But if you see gnawed damage done, if you see roots that have been completely chewed off at the bottom of the rose bush, that is exactly what vole damage looks like. And you can see some other examples on my website. Just go to WalterReeves.com, type vole in the search line. you see all the pictures I have. And then, Michael, the way to control voles is frankly really simple. You get a mousetrap. You get several mousetraps. You bait them with peanut butter or something, put a little cardboard on top of them to keep the birds away, a box or a upturned pot or something to keep the birds off of it, and catch four or five voles, and then you're home free. They're all gone. Oh, all right. Thank you. All right. Check and see. All right. Check. You have a good day. I think I'm right. I think you have vole damage to the bottom of your rose bush. I think the bowl's going there and chewed it off. Let us give away the weekend prize back. Abra, you look like a woman who could choose a number between two and seven. Can you? But don't tell me yet. Don't tell me yet. Abra is knitting her brow, thinking of a number between two and seven, which will determine who wins a pair of tickets to see Celine Dion in her Courage World Tour on Saturday, January 11, 2020 at State Farm Arena. This is Saturday, January 11, 2020, so plan your calendar accordingly. Tickets go on sale Friday, April 12th at 10 a.m. at Ticketmaster.com. So if you would like to see Celine Dion on her Courage World Tour, January 11, 2020, State Farm Arena, you must be what? Caller. Caller number three. Caller number three to our contest line, which is 404 741 0750. 404 741 0750. Third We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need.
by request this morning. Thank you, Jason. 7.54 on a Saturday morning. Uh, quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Cloudy, high 72, 20% chance of rain today. Tonight, low of 60. Maybe a chance of rain overnight. And Sundays, it's going to be cloudy with 81 degrees on Sunday. My friends, it's going to be crazy. 404-872-0750 is the number on Lawn and Garden. Let's see who's been waiting the longest. Matt up in Houston, Georgia, has been waiting. Hey, Matt, good morning. Uh, yes, Walter. It's yes, a pleasure sir. to talk to you. I've listened to you often, first-time caller. Man, it's easy. It's just like talking on the phone, Matt. I, I know. It's hard. I hope I don't get self-conscious. But anyway. <laughs> I can well, I'm going to my question here. I've got a small farm here in Houston, and I do have fruit trees or, you know, a few uh, pear trees, uh, apple trees, uh, and uh, they are blooming greatly, But uh, and I'll get some fruit, but it doesn't mature, and it falls off, and I'm... I'm wondering, my theory is pollinization, but I'm not really sure. How large do they get before they fall off, Matt? Uh, they are about uh, not very large at all. I think you're right. If they're falling off looking normal, in other words, not brown and got gooey stuff coming out the, out the skin and things like that, yeah, I think you're exactly right. Pollination is the problem. Okay, because uh, as things mature around me and neighborhoods are coming up, I have a I've noticed a lack of uh, honeybees and things. Yeah. What nature. varieties do you? What varieties of fruit tree do you have, Matt? I really don't know. I sort of inherited them, okay. so I really don't know uh, uh, the uh, the types of pear trees. But I got pear tree. I got apple trees. Mm -hmm. I got. Uh, 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 several, you know, bushes. Uh. General, generally speaking, pears will get pollinated somehow. There's kefir and orient pear are both partially self-fruitful. You get more fruit if you have a pollinator nearby. But kefir and, and orient, the two most common pears, are partially self-fruitful. And usually you get a crop on them without having to plant a pollinator nearby. Apples, on the other hand, have to have something that's blooming at the same time of a different variety in order to get pollination to happen. So if you have a, I don't know, a red delicious and a gala, then the two of them blooming together will give good pollination, but two red delicious apple trees blooming, blooming at the same time, they will not pollinate each other. They have to be a different variety. And for that reason, a lot of people might have found that they could plant a crab apple of all things, a crab apple tree. And some crab apples are very ornamental. The crab apples have such a long blooming time and they pollinate just about every apple there is. That's how people get around the pollination question with apples, is they simply plant a crab apple somewhere, they have a little bit of space, and let the crab apple, crab apple flowers supply the pollen for the apple trees. That's what they do. Just think about that, Matt. It might be an opportunity for you as well. It's 7.58 at News Talk WSB. We'll be back to more Lawn and Garden after news.